Anybody should sit down. So why are we sitting down? Amen. We've not taken our confession, so raise your Bible and <laughs> lift your Bible and say after me, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I believe what it says about me. Today, my spirit is receptive and my heart is prepared to be blessed from the truth therein. With it, I'll walk by faith. I will live in hope and I will grow in love and I will continue to live in abundance to the full till it overflows. Jam your hands together for the Lord and have your seats majestically in God's presence. Hallelujah. How many of you know that today is Tax 108 UJCM Sunday? Amen. I was even expecting to see something like that on the board. So many of us were not even aware. That's why I'm standing here. Of course, I'm not your pastor again. I've handed over. And um, of course, it's the truth. <laughs> and very soon, Jesus said, Amen. But today is UJCM Sunday. And um, it's a new concept that God laid upon the leadership of UJCM to do. It, it happens in every fellowship. I mean, different dates for different churches. And then that's why we have some action committee people around. I mean, just quickly appreciate them. We have um, Sister Ofemi around. That's the UJCM um, FinSec. We have um, Sister Rita around. The assistant um, UJCM Edosha. And this UJCM GenSec is here, bro. Caleb. Amen. Um, the motive behind this is, is just um, to have a time when we can come together and... Um, celebrate the unity amidst us again and acknowledge the fact that you know 
there's still a united body called the body of Christ on this land. Amen. 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 And before I proceed, yes, I, I, I would like to appreciate someone to, um, there's a family friend of mine that came with me, brother Dapo um, Oladero. He just came in from the UK and I told him um, I would like him to be in service today and he, he was glad to come. Brother, God bless you for coming. Amen. Yes, um, I will just go straight into the message and um, like I said, it's just an avenue for us to celebrate the unity amidst the body and for us to understand much better what the whole UJCM thing has always been about. I know there are some of us that have not even stepped into exam prayer meetings ever since it started. Okay, we call it UJCM household meetings, but it's always during the exam period. And you know, someone gave me a call last night after I told her you must go to at least one. And then she called me last night and she went and she enjoyed it and everything. Sincerely, you are missing out if you have not been going. And then um, I will hold you to start going. Um, let's open our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 18. We'll soon get there. Just open your Bibles to Isaiah 18. I'm not reading yet. I'm still like trying to get myself. Amen. So it's, um, it's a time for us to just, like I said, celebrate the unity amidst us and acknowledge um, the essence or significance of that body on this land. And, um, you know, I was just, while I was student, standing up there, I asked for Tax One Tenet, a copy of the Tax One Tenet from the former section, and thank God I was able to get one. And then um, there are two lines I will read. There are ten lines there, but the fourth line says that Tax One has a covenant responsibility to this land and our entities. This is to always take charge in the spirit and to apply every necessary corresponding action. Tax One was not just a fellowship that came about with um, no vision or something. There are specific reasons why God gave birth to this fellowship, as it were. And one of those reasons is that we have a covenant responsibility to this land. That means whatever happens on this campus, in a way, we have a say. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And um, that's why Tax One is a part of UJCM. Because UJCM as a body is also like the representative of the body of Christ on this land. And everything that is happening, when I say everything that is happening on the land, I'm not just talking about issues about church. What happens in the governance, what happens in the administration, what happens in the Senate, what happens in your department. Everything that happens on campus, you are, as a member of this fellowship and as a member of UJCM, you are meant to be an ambassador that would stand and represent the counsel of God in every of those issues. Amen. Amen. Don't worry, we are getting somewhere. And then um, there's another line there that talks about friendship and all that. Line 7. It says, Tax One encourages appreciable sense of true friendliness amidst members which must be done with a sanctified motive and our God have us questionable and ungodly relationship amidst his children and we do too. So Tax One encourages friendship. It encourages friendliness, not just amidst fellow tax tonight, but even amidst people outside of this fellowship because we are still together one body. Amen. But actually, um, this is much more than a UJCA message or something or a message about unity. I titled it Love in Three Dimensions, but um, even the path of love in three dimensions, we're going to get there towards the end of the message because there's just um, a very, very, very urgent need or a strong sense of the need for us to understand the kind of times that we are in. The truth is we are in a very, very prophetic time in the, ti in the timetable of God as it were as Christians that are alive in this generation and much more as Africans, much more as Nigerians, much more as 
students of this campus, and I'll explain what I mean. Amen. So if you can understand some things that is going on in the mind of God and you understand the expectations of God upon your life at this time, then perhaps you awaken to responsibility and you begin to do the things that God expects you to do. There are so many things that we've permitted on campus thus far that if you just understand what God will have you arise and say and do, perhaps um, you will know that those things are not permissible. Amen. Amen. And I was um, with these my friends... Um, I was in my friend's place yesterday, and we were just we're talking about different things about Nigeria. Oh, Nigeria is bad and all that. You know, we talked about the World Cup, how Ghana lost, and uh, you know, just that <laughs> at the last minute of you know getting all the hope and all the glory, at least to get one African country to qualify for the semi-final in the World Cup for the first time, but they still lost it on a platter of gold. Amen. And it's it seems as if Africa is cursed. <laughs> Amen. No, sincerely, I don't know if it has ever bothered you to know that you are in a country where it seems like they don't even value you, you don't, they don't value your life, everything is just, you know, going on, everybody's just living their own lives, the administration is bad, the governance is nothing to write home about, and everybody's just doing things the way they like, and then come to the church and you're thinking you'll find some hope, but it's a lie, you're even finding more decadence in the church, and everything that, politics is everywhere, it happens in the church too nowadays, and things are just, you know, not the way they should be. But I will try and just open our eyes to see that it's not, a, it's not a coincidence or an accident that these things are happening. If you understand the move of God throughout um, the scriptures, until this present day, you understand that most of those things are not just um, like they have to be. But there's also a good news to the whole thing. And that's the fact that we're in a curious moment. We're in a time when God is about to re-deliver to us her place and um, our rules, where we're going to manifest his glory. You know, the Bible says the world is expecting the manifestations of the Son of God. Amen. There was a prophecy by St. Jacobs. I know many of us know her. She was under Ruth. Um, she wrote many prophetic books. Anyway, she's a prophet. And there was a time she had this, I mean, she made this prophecy about a, a, a kind of an end time revival coming forth from Africa and um, I think specifically Nigeria. And then there was yet another prophecy that confirmed that it's going to be starting from, you know, campuses, one of the campuses in Nigeria. And by divine discernment and understanding, we know that OAU is, is centrally placed in that responsibility. Amen. Don't look at me as if I'm speaking above your level. You better come up either. Amen. I'm not a prophet, so but I'm going to be ministering the prophetic a bit today, so just pull along. And, um, you know, by the time we awaken to that responsibility, I, I wrote a poem when I was in part two, I think. I titled it Africa, Oh Africa. I, I wrote the poem after I, I heard a message from um, Pastor Matthew Ashimolu, Black and Blessed. And I think that was what battered the book that I wrote, What is Wrong with Being Black, and all of that. And that book was a very powerful book. And one of the things, you know, that I did when I was going to write the poem, I put a, a map of Africa right in front of me, and then I was twisting it. So most of, or like four of the stanzas of the poem was like, if you look at the map of Africa from the north, I think it had a shape that it represented. If you look at it from the east, it had a shape that it represented. At the time, it looked like a big foot. At the time, it looked like a yam. At the time, it looked like a rug. And then looking at it from the west, it looked like a gun. Amen. And then um, I was in Pastor Ariogun's church last year, I think for GOBC, when he was also talking and was like, looking at that part of the map of Africa that looks like a gun, the trigger is where? 
is in Nigeria. If you look at that map very, very well. And sincerely and prophetically, God is said to be launching forth people, shooting out his arrows that will go and make impact out of this country at this time. But I want to first of all make you to see that this is the time for it. Before you begin to key into it that, yes, I'm the one. And by the time you understand this and then you begin to stand up to your responsibility that's when we now talk about the love dimension because the devil is also planning his own um, antagonism against that battle and he wants to do so many things into the church that will make us not even have sight or have um, that understanding of the things that we're meant to be doing or to get us to be majoring on the things that minor and minoring on the things that major amen so are you in um, Isaiah chapter 18 but before we get there, let me just explain this. Um, speaking in Bible language, we're in the third day. Hallelujah. When I say the third day, I'm not talking of days as in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm talking of a dispensation in the spirit. A day is a 1,000-year period in that language. And if you look at it from the time that Jesus died for the first 1,000 years, every move of God, I mean, it was pierded by the apostles. The apostles were were all from Jerusalem. If you want to trace it down, even Jesus himself, he came from what we call this, the Shemitic tribe of um, the generation of Noah. Noah gave birth to three sons, Shem, Am, and Japheth. Amen. And um, the Shemites are the people, you know, the Bible calls them the husky ones. They, they, they are a bit fair-colored and all of that. And um, the people that came from that generation are the ones that spearheaded the move of God in the first day. And in the second day, which is, of course, the, se the next 1,000 years, between the year 1,000 AD to the year 2000 AD, although that was delayed a bit because of the Dark Ages, in the year 1517, a man rose up by the name of Martin Luther. That's a European. Amen. And then the man began to do lots of things. I mean, there was a revolution. There was a reformation. And then the move of God shifted to that side of the globe, to the Europeans. And then they were bringing it all over the world. Hallelujah. Remember when Jesus too was going to tell the disciples, he said, wait in Jerusalem till you be indeed with power from on high. He says you receive power when the, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And be witnesses of me in Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the world. So it's starting from Jerusalem then. It's starting from that Shemit, that Semitic line by that time. But now in the second day, which is the second 1,000 um, year period, it's moved to that European side. That's people that came or descended from Japheth. The Bible calls them the fair-colored ones. They are the Europeans. And then they dominated the, 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 the move of God. They spearheaded or pioneered the move of, move of God in that second day. And now we're in the third day. And um, by biblical prophetic insights, we know that it is the time for the for the for the um, and the people the descendants of ham which are the black ones the africans to come up stage and dominate hallelujah and so it's our time to spearhead and pioneer the movement. There's a revival that is coming so strong, but revival will never come when we are not expecting it or when we don't even know that we are the ones that will co that will make it to happen hallelujah and so that is that is one of the strong um, insights into why things um, have been going on this way you know jesus said unto them luke 13 32 he says jesus said unto them go ye and tell that fox that was error he said go and tell that fox that behold i cast out devils and i do cures today and tomorrow and on the third day i shall be perfected and so this is the last day forget it there's no other 1000 year period coming jesus is coming very soon hallelujah we are glad to hear about that shout <laughs> shout hallelujah to the lord 
Eh, are you really sure? If you should come now, are you going? <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is this is the last day. This is the third day. And then we we God is just waiting for that end time move that would, you know, it says, my glory shall cover the heart as the waters covers the sea. It's going to be starting from here and it's going to be reaching to the ends of the world. But you and I need to come to that responsibility, that awareness, that consciousness. And then we arise to act. And like I said, prophetically, OAU is having a big part of that responsibility. When I was in part two, the Lord told me to write a book. I've been careless with the book. The title he gave me then was The OAU 7 and the Great Revival. And what was the whole book all about? He said I should bring seven biblical characters to this contemporary OAU setting. I started the book. I've not finished it till now. Because I was thinking then that I was trying to be very, very careful. It's not just a book that you write. Of course, prophetic things are meant to be handled with all delicacy and um, details from God. So I don't want to just rush into it and do it. And, you know, he wants me to bring those contemporary people into, I mean, those biblical characters into this contemporary setting of OAU and make them live and bat out that revival. And the key message that the book was meant to preach was unity. And we're going there. Because without that understanding, without unity, forget it. No revival is coming. Hallelujah. And I could remember in the book, Samson was meant to be the SUG president. <laughs> Amen. Imagine if Samson's are SEG president. There won't be. <laughs> Maybe they would have built down or, I mean, throw down this Senate building long ago. Hallelujah. Well, like I said, things have been the way they are in Africa thus far because, of course, there was, there was a cause on Africa or on harm then. And, um, you know, he was the one that went and he, when, when his father was drunk, when Noah was drunk, he was the one that was making mock of his father's nakedness and all of that. But Babu says Shem and Japheth, you know, they took a blanket and then they walked backwards without seeing the nakedness of their father to go and cover their father. And Babu says when um, Noah got to know, Noah says, Cursed be Canaan. Amen. That's in Genesis 9, chapter, I mean, verse 25. He said, Cursed be Canaan, you are going to be a slave of slaves, a slave to your brothers. Blessed be God, the God of shame, but Canaan shall be a slave. That is why till tomorrow it looks like Africa has just been struggling at the bottom of the line. But the truth is, if you are born again, if you are saved, that cause is not on you again because Christ, Christ has become the cause for us. So you are entering into a new kingdom entirely. You are not even operating about, uh, I mean, in this geographical location as it were. You are now seated together with Christ in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So those courses are not meant to work on you. Amen. Are we getting anything? Well, we are getting somewhere. And I hope I'm being timed so that we won't just overshoot. So, but the truth is, um, irrespective of what has happened, there is yet another prophecy. And let's go to Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah, chapter 18, like I said. And I will read, I will read um, verse 1 to 3, and then the last verse. And that will just do. It says, Woe to that land, because I told you to open there, so I don't need to wait. Woe to that land, shadowed with buzzing wings, which is beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, which sends ambassadors by sea, even in vessels of reed on the water, saying, Go, swift messengers, to a nation, tall and smooth of skin to a people terrible from their beginning terrible from their beginning onward a nation powerful and treading down whose land the rivers divide all inhabitants of the world and dwellers on the heart when he lifts up a banner on the mountains you see it and when he blows a trumpet you hear it 
Verse 7 says, In that time, a present will be brought to the Lord of hosts from a people tall and smooth of skin and from a people terrible from their beginning onward, a nation powerful powerful and treading down, whose land the rivers divide. Place of the name of the Lord of hosts to Mount Zion. It says, It is um, a country beyond the rivers of Ethiopia. If you look at the map of Africa, Ethiopia is towards the, the, the north, not west there, about, not east there about. So beyond that, it's talking about the sub-Saharan Africa. And then he went on to give a description of the country he was talking about. He said, a land with, whose people are terrible from their beginnings. If you ask me, Nigeria has been terrible from our beginning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then he says, a people tall and smooth. He says, to a nation whose rivers divide. Look at the map of Africa very well. There's only one country that there is a big river that divides in all the maps of the countries in the sub-Saharan Africa, and that is Nigeria. Hallelujah. So prophetically, Nigeria is in the scriptures. And Nigeria is meant to take up a responsibility. We are getting somewhere. And then he went on and, um, you know, it says in verse 7 that those people will bring a present. And in that time, and this is that time, my brother, in that time a present will be brought to the Lord of hosts from a people tall and smooth of skin and from a people terrible from their beginning onward, a nation powerful and treading down, whose land the rivers divide, to the place of the name of the Lord of hosts, to Mount Zion. It's not a coincidence that Barack Obama, a black man from Kenya, is ruling the world now. It's because it's the third day, and in the third day, we are the ones that are going to spearhead the ruling. Hallelujah. He says he's going to make a sign upon the mountains that all the inhabitants of the hearts should see it. I want to see where that is. All, verse 3, all inhabitants of the world and dwellers on the heart, when he lifts up a banner on the mountains, you will see it. And when he blows a trumpet, you will hear it. What he's saying by that is that there's going to be a sign that will make you to know that now is that time. And the trumpet has been blown. Have you heard it? The thing has been placed on the mountain. The sign has been placed on the mountain. Have you seen it? Everything is pointing towards it, but perhaps because of, of course, there are two major things that the devil is doing to hinder us from knowing. It's ignorance and then disunity. And until we can treat those two, forget it. The river is never going to come. Hallelujah. The sign is there on the mountain. Everybody is saying Obama, and, I mean, I mean, it's a testimony. That's one election that electrified the whole world. Everybody around the world knew something was happening. Why? Because it's the curious moment. It's the time for it to happen. And you are not meant to be left out of the flow. Amen. Amen. And like I said, for each of those days, the first day, the second day, and even now, the devil will always come and stage his own counter plan. In the first day, it was also disunity, differences. That's the technical word that will make you to see it. Everybody is different. That's the truth. That's, the why, that's why we talk about unity. We'll be talking about unity if there were no differences. Amen. And of course, unity is not going to be something so easy and smooth. The Bible says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Endeavoring. So it's not something you enjoy like that. Of course, you enjoy it eventually if you are understanding it or doing it God's way. But you endeavor to do it. Because it's going to be it's going to lead to some compromise between, I mean, you're just going to accept people the way they are. And that is what love does. And we're not going to get there. But in the first day, you know, there were Jews and Greeks and Gentiles, you know, there were all of those differences that Paul had to write a lot of times about. And at the time he was saying in Galatians that there, there, there are no Jews or Gentiles, there are no bonds or free, there are no 
male or female. It says we are all one in Christ Jesus. Because without them having that understanding, I mean, God cannot move where there is disunity. But where people are united, it was in Genesis 11 when they wanted to build the, the tower. It says where these people are of one mind, they have one voice, they have one language, and whatever they think to do, they will achieve it. It's a powerful thing when people are united. It's a powerful thing. It's just a very powerful thing. The Bible says one, chas- one shall chase a thousand and two shall put ten thousand to flight. So that means for every two people coming together, there is like an exponent of ten. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's a great one. And then we have over 400 in this fellowship. 400 people. Imagine how many people you are meant to put to flight. That's the whole world. If you go by that calculation of one, chasing a thousand, two chasing ten thousand, three will chase ten, I mean a uh, hundred thousand, four will chase one million, and go like that, like that. Before you know it, you exhaust the six point seven billion people in the world. Hallelujah. So it's 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 just for you to know it yourself that you are responsible for an assignment in this end time. And by the time that thing gets into you and it quickens that, that part of your spirit that God has ordained to you know, leap and get you to work in that direction, then before you know it, I mean, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the heart as the waters cover the sea. Amen. So that's one thing that the devil has always been doing. In the second day, in the days of the European stores too, you know, it was racism that he staged, that he staged to fight it. You are black and white. But Martin Luther said, no, there is only one race, and that is the human race. And there are only two kinds of people, good people and bad people. Hallelujah. But we are the same. Human race, that's all who we are. It's not like I'm a taxonite, she's a castorite. I'm a taxonite, he's a carisite. I'm a taxonite, he attends King's Word. And so, I'm a taxonite, he goes to Sele. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are still together <laughs> in Christ. It's still one body in Christ. You know, the reason why Nigeria's leadership had been what it is, is because they just believe, okay, if a Yoruba man has been there now, the next person that must come must be another person from another tribe. And then another person. We are still seeing ourselves differently. But if you have the understanding that irrespective of who is ruling, that's what is happening in America now. A man from Kenya is ruling them. He's not even from America. Hallelujah. That means they understand the fact that it's not about where you come from or who you are. It's just about what you, are, you want to do, what you are meant to do to them. So if we come up to that understanding too in Nigeria, and then politics is not just about some geopolitical zone-oriented thing, and we are just doing it as we are meant to do it, then things will be better. That's the power of unity. And we can't talk about unity without mentioning love. And that's why I titled the message Love in Three Dimensions. So I'm getting towards the end of the message. The Bible says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And then in Colossians 3.14, it says almost the same thing. And then it calls the bond of peace the bond of perfectness. It says charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Charity is love. And like I said, it's the third day. And it's in the third day, according to Jesus in that Luke 13.32 that we read, that the church should be perfected. So we are the ones that would make it happen, that will come to the fullness of the stature of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what do I mean by love in three dimensions? I wrote an article recently 
entitled the, the 3D power and the 3D Christian. 3D means three dimensions, basically. And you know, I started it out by talking about the television. How that, you know, the television has had so much impact, positively or negatively, on people. But the secret power that the TV has, that is making it to have all of those impacts, is the 3D power that the TV has. Before the issue of televisions or before the invention of TVs, the best people could do is paint pictures on paper or on, on canvases. That's just two dimensions. The best you could see is the length and the breadth. Hallelujah. But when TV came, you can see the length and the breadth and the height. You can go beyond that. You can see the color. You can hear the voice. You can even feel the emotions. Hallelujah. And that's what the power with which it transmits whatever it transmits to you. And when that three-dimensional thing gets at you, forget it. It's a power that is working even in the scriptures, in the spirit. God himself is three-dimensional. God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Amen. When he was going to build a temple, there was an outer court, there was an inner court, and there is the Holy of Holies. Hallelujah. And I saw a scripture in Psalm, Psalm 27 verse 4, which I shared with you the day I was going to be handing over. It says that um, um, one thing have I decided of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the presence of the Lord and behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire of the Lord in his temple. Three things. A Christian that could do all of those three things is a Christian. Hallelujah. And it's the same thing that comes into play in this love thing. And let me tell you something. <laughs> TV is also a very, very prophetic uh, instrument. Amen. I read a verse again in that Psalm 18, verse 3. It says, All inhabitants of the world and dwellers on the hearts, when he lifts up a banner on the mountains, you see it. And when he blows the trumpet, you hear it. And I said, the banner has been lifted. One of the signs is Obama. And how did you get to know of Obama? It's through the TV. Isaiah was writing prophetically. The Bible says we see in parts and we prophesy in parts. Of course, there was nothing he could liken it to. But today, there is no mountain that you can place a sign on for everybody around the world to see it. So the mountain he was talking about there prophetically is the television. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, love in three dimensions. What do I mean? Love is a noun. Love is a verb. Love is an adjective. Hallelujah. Very many of us have come in contact of we've encountered the, 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 the first two dimensions, perhaps, or maybe just one or two of the dimensions. The Bible says God is love. He's a person. At least by my primary school knowledge of now, they say now is the name of any person, animal, place, or thing. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then love is a verb. Love is something you do. It's, ex it's evident in, in the things that you do. I used to say a statement, I would say that we are human beings. God is a spirit doing. Hallelujah. We are humans trying to be. But God is a spirit always doing. He's always doing wonders, always doing one thing or the other part time. He's always working on the surface of the heart. Because love is always at work. He's always giving. He's always doing that. He's always comforting. He's always healing. He's always making people to know the truth. And then love is also an adjective. It qualifies you. It qualifies the person. I don't know if you have encountered that personality called love. Let's open to a scripture and just see some few revelations about love. And then um, I just want to come to that point where you know that it's, it's not about I'm a tax for night. Bringing it to the realms of UJCM now. Or that I'm a Christian and that's all. Mm -mm. We are together and there are no differences at all. We are together in Christ. 
together in Christ. Luke chapter 14. Luke 14. I'm going to read some four verses or five there about. Luke chapter 14. I'm rounding off. I'll read from verse 25. Let me just read from the KJV. It says, And there went great multitudes with him, that's Jesus, and he turned and said unto them, if any man come to me and hates not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Verse 28. For which of you, intending to build a tower, sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it, lest aptly after he had laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to mock him. For which of you intending to be the tower? Jesus, first of all speaking, he was like, if you know you really want to follow me, you want to be my disciple, you have to love me more than your father, more than your mother, more than your relatives, your friends, and even more than your own life. And then when he was going to go further, expounding what he meant by that statement, then he made an analogy. He said, for which of you, intending to build a tower, sit not down first to count the cost, to build a tower. Bible says in Proverbs, I think 10, 18, says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. It says the righteous runs into it and he's saved. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The name of the Lord. And I just told you now that God is love. Hallelujah. So one of the names of God, in fact, one of the awesome revelations of the identities of God is love. So love is a strong tower. Hallelujah. Are you getting something? Amen. It says, which of you intending to build a strong tower? Which of you intending to build that edifice of love? Your major responsibility as a Christian to become into, I mean, to be transformed to the image of the Son of God is to build that tower of love. For if you can be dwelling inside of that tower, you are safe. It is called the bond of perfectness. So when you are inside, it's like you are perfectly okay. Bible says you will keep in perfect peace those whose mind is stayed on him. Stayed on him, stayed in him, stayed with him. Those are people that have built their own towers of love and they are dwelling therein. So we are all in a building process, building that thing called love. Either as a, as a, as a thing or as, as something you do or as a qualification for yourself. But you are building love. Amen. It says for you sit down, you think, you sit down, you plan to build it so that you won't run out of resources and then people will begin to mock you. The reason why we have all of this bunch of Christians in church today and the church is not growing or something is because most of them had run out of resources for building that edifice. Scripture says now the Spirit of God has shared the love of God abroad in our hearts. So you're in a building process, you are building love. You are building love. You are building love. And you must not stop. It's something you start from the day you give your life to Christ to the day you will see him. The Bible says, and when we see him, we will be like him. I mean, and love is so, so practical. Love is so, so practical. Don't forget where we started from. We started about unity, disunity, and all of that. And I said, you can't talk about unity without mentioning love. Love your neighbor as yourself. That was why all the commandments were summed up in that. So if there is one thing that you are meant to be doing, it is for you to love. Simple. It says love God with all your heart, with all your soul. And the second is like unto it, love your neighbor like yourself. 
So that's what you are just meant to be doing. Living for love. Just loving. Love God. Worship God. Live in God. Live with God. Live by God. Live on God. Whatever. But don't live off God. Hallelujah. I can remember one, one morning like that. Just a few weeks before I, I finished my I think I've even finished my exams. It was just some weeks months ago, like a couple of months ago. There was this scarcity of water and um, very early in the morning two ladies came to Fudge. I was coming to go and pray. I think it was around four thirty five. As I was getting out of Fudge in between um, the bridge between Fudge and Spots, I ran into the two of them. They were carrying four buckets. And then they said, Sorry, um, brother, which tap is the nearest tap um, nearest tap to this place? And I said they should follow me. So I, I went, I took them to where the nearest tap was. I washed all the buckets. I filled all the buckets. I carried two of the buckets. Then they carried the remaining small two buckets. And then we walked all the way down to Sportsall. And then I dropped the bucket in front of their hostel. And I said, hey, enjoy your day. And then I was going. They said, no, 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 brother, come back. Who are you? <laughs> they thought they met an angel or something. But it's not. Hallelujah. And I wasn't doing it because I wanted to know them so that I can come and date you. Hallelujah. No, Bible says in Proverbs 16, 12 of a man's way are right. It seems right unto him, but God judges the motive. God wants to know why you are doing what you are doing. So it's not about you just being the Mr. Good Man, Mr. Nice Guy. Why are you actually showing the love you are showing? And there are different types of love, my brother. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's the truth. But you are meant to be building it. You are meant to be building it. I once told you about that. I, I, I entered the bus and there was this girl that joined the bus in Mayfair and a Muslim, of course, she was having a jab all over her head and all that. And when she entered, she was flashing one over, flashing one over. And then when the person was meant to call back, I suppose, the person soon flashed back. So she would pick it and was like, hello. And then the thing went off. She was like, oh, it's flashing. And I looked at her. I said, do you mind if I give you my phone to make the call? And she said, ah, she will appreciate it. And I gave her, I asked which network she wanted to call. She said, Glow. I gave her my Glow phone. And she made the call and then returned and said, Thank you. I said, You're welcome. And then when you go to campus gate and it was time to, I, to start paying, she brought her 500 naira notes. And all she was going to pay was 20 naira. And the driver said, ah, How do you expect me to have change for 500 naira? And I said, She do not worry that I'll pay it. And then she was looking at my face once in a while. She would look, she would take away her face. She would look, she would take away her face. She was coming to <laughs> local government there. And then when we were almost getting there, she looked at me and she mustered the coach and said, Brother, why are you doing this? And I looked back at her and I said, I'm doing it because of Jesus. And then there was this frown on her face and then she looked back. <laughs> and she alighted of the, of the bus and she, she left. But at least I did what I was meant to do. Hallelujah. Love is very practical. It's only that you've not, you've not just been seeing every opportunity to show it. When Bible says the whole world is waiting eagerly for the manifestation of the sons of God, he's saying he's waiting for you manifesting the love side of life. Because God is love and he dwells inside of you. Hallelujah. It's very, 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 very practical. And I was in part one or part two there about, there was a day we just finished the retreats. So it, the, the, there was this song Pastor Goki taught us at the retreats. Shine, Jesus, shine. Fill this place with the Father's glory flow, rivers flow, and all that. And I loved the song. So the next day I was walking to class and I was singing that song. I was just singing. I never knew someone was walking by. Of course, I was walking to class and there was this long gap between myself and the, and the woman, um, Sister Gloria. She was in final year there. And then she was walking closer and closer trying to just catch up with me. And eventually she caught up with me and we were walking together. I was still singing. I didn't even know I was singing actually. 
I was just, I like doing that when I'm walking. I'm just keep myself busy, either listening to a song or singing myself or something. And then it got to the time she had to tap me. And I looked, I looked at her and I was like, sorry. And I saw that her eyes were already moisty. Like she wanted to cry. She said, why were you singing that song? I said, was I singing? She said, yes. And that the song was ministering to her. I said, ah, God bless God. <laughs> I didn't even know I was singing. And I was just happy anyway. And all that. And she had a fellowship you attend. I said, thanks for it. I said, yeah. She attends um, GSF. She's a graduate now. I, I met her recently again. And that was when I remembered how we first met the first time. Because I just sang. I couldn't even recognize her. And then she, she stood for like, she said, try and just remember how we met. And I was thinking and thinking. And when she sang that song, I remembered. Hallelujah. Love is practical. Amen. Love is not when you tell someone the answer in the exam. That's not love. Hallelujah. That's, that's in fact, the opposite of love, hatred. That's the truth. Because the Bible says that if you love me, you will do the things that I tell you to do. First John chapter 4. And he has told you, you must not cheat. Hallelujah. Rise to your feet. The truth remains that at this point in time, the Lord is, going, is counting on the church to come up here to a level, to a platform. That was the call he gave John in Revelation. He says, come up here. And there's a level above. It's a time we understand by the scriptures when we are meant to indeed spearhead the manifestation of the sons of God. The whole world has been waiting for it till this time. But they are never going to see it if we, if we don't start it. It will flow from here to everywhere. And now is it going to be, it's going to be when you understand that it's not about, oh my goodness, there are differences and there will always be differences. And the fact that your church teaches something as a doctrine, and then you see another church that doesn't believe in that, doesn't mean they don't serve God. You know what Paul was saying in, the, in Colossians chapter 2? For those of you that are judge people, he says, let no one judge you if you don't do this or if you don't do that, if you don't wear this or if you don't wear that, if you don't observe this date or you, don't, or you do observe it. He says, for those that do such things, they are living outside of the flow of the life of God. That's how the Message Bible puts it. They don't understand. They're only being religious. You know, recently my mom was, it's just last week, I was wearing a wristband. <laughs> And then my mom was like, what was this in your... Of course, that was not my first time of wearing it anyway. I've been wearing it oh, for quite a while. And then in the church the previous day, later I learned to know that, of course, they went for a, a revival. And then the pastor told someone to read a, a scripture or something or to answer a question. So the guy stood up. And then the guy was wearing a wristband. And the minister was like, what's this in your hand? <laughs> Amen. And he told him to remove it and cut it. And the guy removed it in church and cut it. So my parents knew that, okay, that means by church standard shouldn't be on the apostolic church people's hand and then when they got home the next day my mom was like what's this one in your hand and she was struggling to cut it i said if you cut it now if i want to get another one i always get it of course it doesn't cost me anything to remove it but i was trying to make them to understand something that if you now see another christian putting this in this in his or her hand don't have that mentality that the person doesn't know god of course me i will remove it amen but another person wearing it that doesn't mean the person doesn't know god do you get what i'm talking about so the fact that your church teaches something so much, ladies, you know, wear trousers, and then you saw another lady wearing trousers, and then you go, I don't know. If Jesus could have a heart to receive all of us, then what are we talking about? 
that's your standard that's what you are moving towards the perfection we are talking about you want to go fully into the stature the full stature of the man of that's what it's about so the fact that some people walk barefooted to church and you are coming with your eye ears doesn't mean they don't know god hallelujah you're still going to be your friends perhaps you're still going to receive them for marriage glory to god <laughs> amen Are you blessed today? Amen. I just need you to bow down your heads and talk to God. That the Lord will share the... The Bible says the Spirit of God will share the love of God abroad in our hearts. That's just what I want the Lord to do to you. I'm praying the Spirit because it's the Spirit's responsibility. It's the Spirit of God that will share it abroad in your heart. And when it is shared abroad, it is shared abroad. Forget it. And then you begin to manifest. You begin to manifest. You begin to manifest. Lex Gubrahande Boshka Lipakoske Brenedusa Maskivrahande Boshkalia Lexomaninda Broshko Toli Gredos Kambaye Monoshke Pusataliaga Zevranamashki Gledonosa. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I'm going to round up this message with a song I like to take at times like this. The song is titled I Need You to Survive. I hope you know that at the end of this service, we're not going to be taking Tax One Family Song. We're going to be taking UJCM Family Song because it's UJCM Sunday. Hallelujah. I want to take this song and I want you to take it with understanding. Hold your neighbor's hands together. It's a family and we are united. Irrespective of who is, look, who is standing next to you, is a brother, is a sister. That's all. We are spirits anyway. In fact, the sexes don't even matter.
Like I said when I started, UJCM household meeting has been fun. And I'd like you to be a part of it. When we say UJCM, who is UJCM? It's you and I. Hallelujah. Mm. You know, Pastor Lumi, they like to make a joke, I'll call it. Oh, you know, there was a time. It wasn't a joke, actually. It happened really. Mm. When, you know, he saw someone saying, Morning UJCM service, the one Sunday, along up with me, what, my travel, or something like that. You know, when they say it's time for UJCM, this UJCM, that many of you do not show up, you think it's them. Who are they? Are you not one of them? Tell anybody you are one of them. Okay, say to yourself, say, I'm one of them. So I want that orientation to sink deep into your spirit. Tax one has a commitment to this land. And so, in fact, if they are saying, I will UJCM, you should take it personal. I'm serious, because you have a covenant responsibility therein. Hallelujah. The Lord bless your heart, church. I love you. God bless you.